This is Dennis Regan, and welcome to the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Basketball Confidential. Dick Van Dyke Appliance World is proud to support the outstanding high school basketball played throughout central Illinois. Buckle up for a fast 60 minutes with News Gazette Media's Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Thank you, Dennis. This is Jim Rosso, Colin Likas, having Con Tamara McDaniel here as usual, Monday, 6 p.m., hours worth of prep basketball news and notes. Jim's going to be a little less verbose and flowery than usual, a little, little under the weather. So yeah, I'm I feel gonna, great. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I could I could do some more lifting if you want. I, I mean, don't want to hear it from my wife, actually. <laughs> so even if I did feel miserable, I can't admit it <laughs> because she would then hold that on me for about a month. Fair enough. So fair I'm enough. perfect. Kyle. I mean, I'd let you know if I was feeling <laughs> miserable right now. That's just, it's just me. But I'm, I'm knock on wood, I'm fine. Another loaded show. Colin will go over his top tens. The girls uh, runs every Monday in the News Gazette. We'll go over that then we'll mm-hmm. unveil the boys top 10 boys top 10 has two two new teams in it this week fair warning is that right it is right all right i got a sneak peek of it and there's some mistakes made in of the course top there 10. are every week there's <laughs> mistakes it's it's inevitable but colin you get to uh you get to make amends hey i want to start off with colin now you were at the central centennial game on friday night and yes. this video that's at our website newsgazette.com i keep seeing on espn tell me how that came about yeah, so uh, this video that made its rounds, uh, ESPN Huddle picked it up. There's a TV station in Charlotte, North Carolina, that wanted access to it yesterday, which I, I granted uh, because you know it's a it's a cool video. So basically, what happened here: Central Centennial rivalry game, second time they met this year, uh, over at Centennial's Gymnasium. Uh, first quarter, the Maroons dominated dominated that quarter, honestly. Uh, but from then on out, the game was a lot closer. And uh, as halftime approached, the Chargers were on a run led by Bryson Cowper, senior. He had 13 points in the second uh, quarter alone uh, as they were going into the what looked to be the last possession of the game. Uh, Cleo Terry has the ball, drives to the rim, uh, comes up a little short. Uh, Cowper lunges up, gets the rebound, goes to take a couple steps, uh, is either bumped or loses balance. Kind of hard to tell from the video. What What's not hard to tell is that he kind of gets to his knees, collects the ball, rises to his feet, and just heaves the ball down the court, and it goes in the net basically from the opposite free throw line. So a three-quarters court shot is probably the closest thing you can call it. Uh, it was really impressive. Um, it was hard to tell if there was any time left on the clock, but the referee, one of them immediately called it good, so there was no debate there. Um, there was some concern uh, from people who saw the video about whether or not he, he traveled. Uh, that's No referee called it, so that's it's ultimately their decision. Uh, but, yeah, it's a shot that you don't see very often considering where he made it from. Uh, I was right under the net that it went through. And I was able to get a good shot of it as the ball came flying toward me. And to be honest, uh, where I was standing, the angle was kind of weird. Um, I couldn't I couldn't tell it went in, honestly, at first. I thought it went off the backboard and bounced away. And then all of a sudden, everybody celebrated. I'm thinking, oh, well, <laughs> it obviously went in. Otherwise, I mean, it's my opinion versus everybody who's jumping out of the stands and celebrate. Literally, people were jumping out of the stands onto the court. Uh, and then I look back at the video, and lo and behold, it, it was so fast. It just went in just boom and straight down to the ground. Uh, yeah, craziest shot I think I've seen since I've mm-hmm. been back here. Um, and it got picked up by, by ESPN, uh, thanks in part to, to uh, former writer up in Peoria, Aaron Ferguson, who tweeted 
uh, my video to the ESPN desk that takes care of uh, top 10 nominations. ESPN emailed me on uh, Saturday morning, asked if they could use it. It was up within an hour, and Bryson Cowper's uh, mentions were blowing up. <laughs> you see a lot of those uh, type videos. What made this one a little different is basically he threw it off one knee. Yeah. Uh, he's a slight fella uh, who uh, – Yeah. Bryson's who, not a big kid. No. I, I, I'm surprised he got it uh, in the air that far. Yeah, it was it was a heck of a heave. Yeah, he he was just barely off one of his knees. He was up to one foot. Was He didn't really even have time to get fully, you know, like in full position, fully extended – and he just he went for it, and he was his aim was true. It was a perfectly placed shot. It put Centennial up four points uh, entering halftime. And lo and behold, Centennial won the game by four points. So uh, at the end of the day, it was a pretty pretty huge shot in the grand scheme of things. We've got uh, some uh, openings today. Maybe Bryson, uh, we're trying to reach out to him, but he's got some prep practice obligations. Yes, we'll yes. See if we're we can gonna, uh, squeeze us in. Yeah, we're going to see if we can get him in here, and uh, you know. Uh, that, that, that's just a very cool moment. Uh, it's not something that happens really often where uh, uh, Champaign or the surrounding areas, you know, get on ESPN for some kind of uh, high school highlight. You know, University of Illinois, maybe it happens a little more often because college stuff, there's more cameras on it. High school stuff, the, the cameras aren't always rolling or there aren't even cameras present. Uh, so to, to capture that moment was very, very fun for me. I enjoyed that, and I'm glad Bryson's getting his uh, getting his due and uh, Centennial getting some positive vibes. Here's the neat thing. Uh, every game Colin covers, he produces video, mm -hmm. so don't forget about that. When you pick up a paper, uh, you see a little blue dot there, you probably think, hey, I should go to the website, check out those highlights. I know the kids love it, Colin. Yeah, well, uh, I've been told that before, so I'm going to keep uh, plugging away at it. And It's a lot easier to shoot during the winter season because everything's inside. I don't have to worry about getting rained right. on or winded out or anything like that which is always nice but since we're talking about uh, big accomplishments uh something else i want to mention i mean this this uh what i'm about to mention here this happened uh, around the same time as bryson cowper's shot we had we had three female athletes in our coverage area who reached their thousandth career point mm -hmm. either thursday or friday night uh, two of them did it on the same night, both in the Illini Prairie Conference. Uh, they weren't playing each other, though. That would have been even better if that if that had happened. But uh, St. Joseph Ogden's Peyton Crow and Unity's Elise Knudsen on Thursday night both reached 1,000 points almost simultaneously. And then Friday night, Schlarman's uh, Janaya Newell uh, reached her 1,000th point. Uh, that so that's uh, that's three girls in about 24 hours, and then Bryson Cowper's shot happened around that time as well. So a lot of uh, a lot of kids doing a lot of good stuff right now. Very cool in NewsGazette.com last year, Colin. I know you began assembling all our thousand point scores in yes. the area, and there are hundreds. Yes, there are hundreds. I need to update the list. I've got some names uh, now. I've got uh, quite a few names from from this school year. Kids who have reached the mark. I, I would say we're probably close to 10 kids this school year, boys and girls who have reached that mark and there's some others from uh past uh, who people have dug up and sent along my way uh just trying to find some time where i can sit down and get things kind of organized and uh yeah get it, get that list back to 100 percent strength but uh, we will we will get it done here all right if again if you picked up your news gazette today you saw the girls top 10 we'll go through them anyway yeah have to i mean uh I have to explain some of the some of the logic here, and you know, mm -hmm. you know, one thing that's uh, especially with the girls' side, and we're going to try and talk about the, this at the end of the show. So the Associated Press polls returned last weekend for the first time, or last week, I should say, for the first time uh, in 2019. Uh, my my rankings don't necessarily line up with some of the AP-related rankings, so I want to explain that a little bit toward the end of the show, uh, just uh, the process behind that. 
But as Jim said, uh, our girls' basketball top 10 uh, went out this morning. So let's dive into those teams. Uh, checking in at number 10 this week, we have the Bismarck heading Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. Uh, the Blue Devils are down two spots. Uh, they are 18-5, though, very strong record. Uh, defeated Georgetown Ridge Farm 47-16 before losing to Schlarman 48-15 in a rematch of a game from earlier this season. This one was on the Blue Devils' home court. Couldn't quite get it done against the top-ranked team in Class 1A. Uh, Bismarck is facing Georgetown Ridge Farm again tonight to start the Vermilion County Tournament, which was pushed back a few days thanks to the uh, poor weather on Saturday. Uh, and then Bismarck goes on to face Armstrong Potomac on Tuesday and Salt Fork on Wednesday, also in Vermilion County Tournament action. Another thing I want to touch on later, how the Vermilion County Tournament was affected by the snow because it's a little, uh, it's a little confusing. Some, uh, some scheduling changes have happened, so I want to touch on that uh, to clear that up. Coming in at number nine this week, we have the Urbana Tigers. Uh, Tigers are back in our rankings, not new to them, but back in the rankings at 14 and 8. Uh, they defeated Clifton Central 63 to 40 and Iroquois West 68 to 20 last week. Uh, Urbana hosts Rantoul tonight and visits Mattoon on Thursday. And uh, despite Urbana uh, hosting a game tonight, uh, we still have Chris Menig, coach of the Urbana Tigers, joining us on the show, which I always appreciate when, when coaches are able to, to call in, even though they have a game about to go on. So, Chris, thanks for being part of the show tonight. No, appreciate you guys having us, so not a, not a problem. Well, uh, after uh, several seasons of uh, single-digit win totals for the Urbana Tigers, I know this is something you and I have talked about, but but what has allowed this team to soar to where it is now, 14 wins with, with quite a few games still left on the schedule? Well, you know, when I came over to Urbana my, three years ago, um, you know, originally we, we were building a schedule to be conducive to having a, a, a potential top 100 kid in Ariel Scott when she had transferred over to us. So when you do schedules, you're typically locked into a couple of years. Um, so, you know, when she chose not to be a part of the program in year two, um, obviously we had a pretty daunting schedule last year, um, you know, with, <laughs> without a potential McDonald's All-American on the roster. Um, so, you know, this year we, we went back, we talked about it, and, you know, I, I really took the same approach that we did at, at STM when we started in that, you know, you need to focus on being the best team in your region first, you know, and, uh, you know, and tried to schedule a few more teams in our own backyard. Um, and, and again, building confidence, feeling, feeling what it feels like to win, uh, you know, and, and it's amazing when, when young athletes just raise their shoulders up, walk around a little more confidently because they see the ball go in the hole even if they are playing maybe against some lesser opponents, you know, they end up a lot of times, uh, you know, surprising themselves when they do go up against some tougher teams. So I really, you know, between that and obviously you're talking year three for a lot of these kids, the drills are the same, the system's the same, you know, there's a, there's a comfort level of breathing where now the upperclassmen can actually teach the freshmen that are coming in what's going on. And I'm not having, as I said in the first year, you know, all four classes, you're all freshmen right now when I first walked in the door. Um, so now to actually have uh, that shift um, in guard, it, it's made all of our lives a lot better and a lot easier. 
Well, uh, it's I mean the way you've described it, uh, it, it's been a it's been a process, of course, to to get the program to where it is at this point. That being said, though, do you feel like in this current season there has been maybe a defining moment for this team, whether it be uh, an entire game or just a singular moment? Anything you can pinpoint that says, well, we've uh, we're, we're starting to figure things out here. You know what? It's funny you say that because we've been putting up on the board um, signature win. And I had to define that for a few of our athletes. <laughs> um, but but we, we haven't had one yet. Um, you know, and, and each program, whether it was STM or Lawrenceville, for me, there's always one that happens along that journey of when the, the, the switch fully flips. The best way I can define us in, in Urbana, you know, when I arrived, this was a group that hoped to win. You know, Urbana hoped to win a basketball game. Now – we think we can win a basketball game when we walk in the gym. You know, the, the next step is you expect to win when you walk into the gym. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I am. I, I hope for, for uh, their memories and, and their journey that they can get to that place. And the only way that happens is actually finishing one of them off, whether it was, you know, we let the Peoria high one slip away with a couple of, by a couple of points. We, you know, Peoria Notre Dame, we let it slip away. Um, you know, obviously Central's playing some good ball right now this year, and we get to play them again, um, you know, whether it's Bloomington or, you know, uh, Danville, just programs that they've typically, you know, not been able to finish it off, and you finish one off. And hopefully they enjoy that sensation a little bit more, and it starts to become more of the norm, like I said, so that they start to expect it. Uh, so we'll see. But it, it, it's, uh, it really has been um, a joy to see laughing, smiling on the bus rides a lot more this year, and just seeing, you know, again, a, a school district program that just has never tasted success in, in such a long time. Right, right. Talking with Chris Meniger, Banna girls basketball coach. Uh, when you look at the statistics, individual stats for this team, you see Cheyenne Scott, uh, you see Alaria Jackson as your leading scorers, but as you and I have discussed before, a lot of balance on this team. you got a Maya Baller, you've got Akira Buford, you know, several others. Uh, how have these girls been able to kind of share the scoring load? Because you know there can there can be on some teams there can be that kind of alpha alpha male alpha female I guess in this case atmosphere, but it doesn't seem to be the case with your girls. Yeah, we 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 tried instilling it uh, you know in previous years, but when you've got a, an Ariel and a Lauren Cross and kids that have been that alpha female uh, in the gym for so long, it, it's hard to to break a, uh, a habit that's obviously been there for 15, 16 years. Um, but I think this group realizes we really talk about what each player's strengths are and, you know, and trying to get them to realize, you know, some nights it's going to be one of you and the next night it might be somebody else. Um, you know, for a kid like Cheyenne, obviously that's a stronger sharpshooter on the outside, you know, getting her to understand that, you know, your result on the given night, doesn't have to totally be relying on how many times the ball goes in the hole from out there, you know, getting her to buy into, you know, the rebounding aspect a little bit more and, uh, you know, her team defense as well, just being able to be a leader out there that way. Amaya obviously prefers to give the ball up, you know, more than, than finish, but, you know, getting her to recognize when they're straight line to the rim, you need to take it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it really is a good group, and I, I think it just falls back onto the leadership of our captains that we've got with Amaya, AJ, and Shy. Um, you know, with them being the stronger players, that they don't get too caught up on it. You don't see it. I mean, there's a there's a smidgen of it 
every so often, but this day and age, um, you know, with, with everything that's out there between social media and kids trying to self-promote, um, the ability to build a, a selfless program, I'll tell you, it's harder than it was 10 years ago at SDM. You know, it really is. And uh, these kids have, as I jokingly said at the beginning, I was talking about a rainbow with a pot of gold at the end of it. <laughs> and, and they couldn't even see the rainbow when I was talking to them. You know, at least now I feel like they can see the colors in the rainbow and they're starting to buy it. I like that. I like that description. I think uh, I think that's a good way to, to cap off this interview here. Chris, Chris Benick, thanks so much for being part of the show. And uh, good luck to your girls tonight against Rantoul. Appreciate your guys' support. Thanks. Always good to hear from Coach Manig. Always good to see that uh, we need a big school doing well. Yes. You know that we need. It's been a while since we've had a big school girls team make a playoff mm-hmm. run. I think maybe Centennial. Yeah. When that group of girls won a state title in junior high at mm-hmm. Jefferson. Those yeah. they stuck together and uh, did good things uh, across the street. Right. At Centennial, but maybe it's Urbana's turn. Yeah, maybe it's Urbana's turn. You know, uh, Champaign Central, Centennial, Urbana, Rantoul, Danville. I mean, it's uh, they've gone through their struggles. I mean, they've had individual players or a couple individual players who have been really good. They've made our all-area first teams. They've mm-hmm. starred uh, uh, even higher than that in some cases, but it just hasn't come together as far as team results. So, uh, you know, Urbana doing well this year. Champaign Central's doing well this year. Danville's last few weeks have been a pretty, pretty good improvement for them. So, yeah, nice nice to see from big uh, big school girls programs. All right, if you want to go get, see a game, check out Urbana Central Part 2. Mm-hmm. Maroons, are, I think, got the best of the Tigers in a Saturday afternoon game. Yeah. First time around. It's a tight game. We'll see how it goes uh, the second time around. How about that? I like it. All right, we're going to get back to our rest of the girls' top ten after this break. Now back to High School Prep Basketball Confidential, brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. 620, News Gazette Media Headquarters in downtown Champaign. Not sure we've used that as an intro song yet. I like the like change new. of pace. Changing it up? Yeah. Badgers coming to town soon, aren't they? Uh, might be. I'm actually... Uh, I'm gonna go cover that Minnesota game on Wednesday. Oh, are you? Yeah, not for not for us though. Okay, I'm taking my taking my talents elsewhere <laughs> to the Associated Press. Excellent, Colin. Yes, you're so not al- you're not allowed to leave though. All right, <laughs> what you, do have you, to, you have to come back after covering that game. Oh, the Associated yeah, Press. yeah, I, I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine All right, with that. this is uh, part two of that uh, powerful window every Monday night. Started off with the. Guys at the Esquire, big Jeff Thomas news from Bob Osmussen. Yeah, that's a that's huge. There was some concern that he might go back to Miami. Brad Underwood checking in at seven o'clock on DWS and HMS. Hoping he can get his first Big Ten one here. It week. happens on Wednesday night. Minnesota, I, if Minnesota gives up both of the first Big Ten wins, man, that's Illinois got their number. Then there's a podcast that Scott Ritchie does every Monday. Go to our website, uh, check, uh, click on Inside Illini Basketball. You'll hear why. Illinois will beat Minnesota. Very, very knowledgeable Scott Ritchie. For me, Scott not Ritchie. Scott. <laughs> very knowledgeable Scott Ritchie. Anyway, we're going to focus on the, the younger set though, That's until right. 7 o'clock. So let's get back to the basketball top 10. Sounds good. I'll roll on with my girls' basketball top 10. We got through two teams before the break, so let's jump back into it. Coming in at number 8 this week, we have the Gibson City Melvin Sibley Falcons. The Falcons are at 17-4, and four, up one spot after defeating El Paso Gridley 55-39 and Hayworth 65-56. Uh, the Falcons have won five in a row. 
They're playing uh, against Lexington tonight and then host Deer Creek Mackinac on Thursday. Two more chances at Heart of Illinois Conference wins. Coming in at number seven, we have the Oakwood Comets. Uh, the Comets are 17-5, and five, down one spot. Uh, they defeated Hoopston area 59-27 and Salt Fork 50-36. But uh, GCMS, or I'm sorry, but uh, the, the next team that we're about to talk about uh, gets a leg up on Oakwood this week just because it, it's been having a little more success. Uh, but Oakwood doing well for itself. Uh, opens the Vermilion County Tournament on Tuesday against Hoopston area. Uh, before facing Westville on Wednesday and then jumping into a placement game on Friday. Oakwood's certainly going to vie for the championship. Has to be one of the favorites for that tournament. Uh, coming in at number six, we have the Tuscola Warriors. Uh, the Warriors were that aforementioned team I said that jumped Oakwood. They're up one spot at 17-5 and after defeating Warrensburg-Latham 39-27. to uh, That's eight consecutive wins for Tuscola which hosts St. Teresa on Thursday before opening the Central Illinois Conference Tournament on Saturday against Clinton. And the, uh, the Warriors have looked pretty good. I got to, uh, I got to see them in person uh, at the end of the Monticello Holiday Hoopla Tournament just before Christmas. Uh, they faced Ridgeview in a game that was, uh, it was a defensive struggle, to say the least. Just two teams that, uh, it's not that they were struggling shooting, they were just shutting each other down. Uh, and uh, both of both of the teams are from Tuscola. Spoiler alert: both teams from Tuscola are in our top ten. Uh, another one of those small school programs doing uh, doing good things on the basketball court, just like Gibson City. Gibson City's got two teams inside our top ten as well. So, uh, the Tuscola Warriors trying to keep it rolling. Uh, coming in at number five, we have the Watsika Warriors. Another bunch of Warriors here at 18 and 2. They stay put after defeating Donovan 84 to 23 and Cisna Park 63 to 13. Uh, Watsika faces Saint Anne today at the start of the Sangamon Valley Conference Sangamon Valley Conference tournament, uh, and then Watsika continues SVC tournament action the rest of the week. Rolling on to number four, we have the Tri County Titans. Uh, the Titans are down two spots. Uh, it's not so much because of what they did versus what some other teams are doing, although Tri-County was not perfect for uh, this week. The Titans uh, defeated Paris 50-41 and Martinsville 70-23, but uh, lost to Schlarman 81-48 in a battle of state-ranked Class 1A teams. Uh, the Titans will jump into the Little Okaw Valley Conference tournament play, uh, specifically Southeast Division play. They face either Martinsville or Cumberland on Wednesday uh, and then roll into the LVC tournament proper toward the end of the week, uh, weather, weather pending, of course. Uh, we're supposed to get another big old snowstorm this weekend, so it could wipe out some more games as it did last week, but hopefully that's not the case. Our number three team this week is the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. Uh, the Spartans, uh, they stay put at 17-4, and four, defeated Unity 59-27, to 27. Uh, Prairie Central they also defeated 50-34. to 34. Uh, St. Joe Ogden is visiting Monticello tonight for some Illini Prairie Conference action uh, before hosting Pontiac on Thursday and then Mattoon on Saturday. Wait, they've won four in a row. Yes. And you kept them at number three. Correct. Right. Yes. And you jumped somebody ahead of them. That's correct. Something is flawed here, Colin. Uh, this is why I wanted to talk about the AP poll because it's, it actually doesn't even line up with, with what's going on in the AP poll. Everybody's disagreeing with me there, too. But, you know, that's that's the way it goes. Not everybody's going to agree. Uh, our number two team that, that jumped up two spots this week is the Sullivan Redskins. 
Uh, they are at 19 and one after defeating Sarah Gorda Bement 63 to 17, as well as Clinton 49 to 38. Uh, Sullivan hosts Central A&M on Thursday before facing Shelbyville on Saturday to start the Central Illinois Conference Tournament. Sullivan is the number one seed for that tournament. And then our number one team, as it has been throughout the entire season so far, the Schlarman Hilltoppers. Hilltoppers are at 16-2. and two. They stay put after defeating Salt Fork 82-33, Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin 48-15, and Tri-County 81-48. Uh, specific note about that Bismarck game, the score was 15-14 to 14 at halftime, and Bismarck finished with 15 points, which means mm. they scored one point in the second half. So to say Schlarman's defense went into lockdown mode is uh, a bit of an understatement because uh, Bismarck's got some they got some good kids over there. Emily Midell, Annie Nelson, and a few others who can score. The fact that they got held to one point tells you exactly what Schlarman was doing on the defensive end that night. Hey, Colin, the, some of these Schlarman scores I'm seeing, they're mm. whooping people. It's yeah. Like 60-5 to five and such. Yes. Uh, any uh, negative vibes out there with uh, with how these end results are coming about? I don't think so. And uh, the way it's uh, that it's been described to me and the way I've talked to Keith Peoples about it, uh, they're not out there trying to run up the score. They're out there trying to, A, run their system, and B, occasionally experiment with new things to add to their system. Uh, in their mind, the onus is on the opposing team to try and stop them from doing that. And for the most part, that has not; uh, those teams have not been successful. The only two teams that have been, one is Edwardsville, which was a Class 4A state uh, semifinalist. The other one isn't even from Illinois, team from Ohio. So uh, in their mind, and I tend to understand this line of thinking, the onus is on the other team to stop them versus them just th- playing four corners for a half if need be or three quarters if need be so i totally understand that uh maybe there's some bad vibes but i haven't really heard any so that's that's uh that's good news but uh to round out uh the schlarman point here uh the hilltoppers are at milford tonight uh, they host champagne central on wednesday that should be a fun little non-conference matchup uh then they go to uh willowbrook on saturday a team we certainly don't hear a lot about around here uh, before a rare Sunday game, uh, Schlarman plays Chicago Marshall on Sunday up in the Chicagoland shootout. Uh, Chicago Marshall is a reigning uh, state semifinalist, state finalist actually, in uh, Class 2A, I believe. Uh, so another good matchup there for Schlarman. Well, that's our girls' basketball top ten, and I was uh, I was wanting to talk about uh, some things relating to the Associated Press poll and how it compares to my rankings, and we will do that after this next break. The Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues with Colin and Jim on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. You know how we prepped for this week's show. We shoveled together. Colin came over to Willis (laughs) Avenue. Helped my boys do some shoveling. That is true. We got got a fair bit of snow here. Maybe had a beverage afterward. I can't confirm or deny. Who we were going to invite on the show. Yeah, that's that is true. Can confirm that. Follow along on Facebook Live, mm-hmm. on Snapchat. Yep. On Twitter. On Twitter. Right. If you're on Twitter, you got to follow Colin Likas at C Likas capital A and capital G. I might uh, might find more half court shots to tweet at you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. They don't happen that often. We'll see. All right. I'll Let's do my see. best. Hey, I'm not done with the girl scene yet. Okay. I'm not either. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, take it over. I uh, I want to talk, as I was going to say, I want to talk a little bit about some uh, some AP-related things. But first, 
Uh, we are going to have a chat now with Tuscola girls coach Tim Kolbecker. Uh, Tim, thanks for being part of our show this week. My pleasure. Well, uh, you guys are rolling along here, uh, after, especially after uh, doing well in the Monticello Holiday Hoopla Tournament. Uh, is this team uh, meeting your expectations right now, exceeding them? How are you feeling about the way this program is going right now? I thought we would have a successful year, but I never knew how successful we were going to be because we knew early we were going to struggle with chemistry in the sense that we had to blend youth with experience and we had some critical positions that had new players but we've been trying to find the right chemistry and and what our strengths and weaknesses are and i don't think i coached them up and this is honest i don't think i coached them up real well early in the season while i was so busy trying to find what was going to work for us and i think we finally have an idea of what it is um we don't always win pretty but as long as we're getting w's we're okay yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I expected success. I didn't know to what degree, but I always expect a lot of success from these girls here. Sure, sure. Well, uh, you, your girls are on an eight-game win streak right now. Uh, among those was that Monticello Holiday Hoopla Tournament title. Uh, specifically winning that event, uh, what did that do for your girls' confidence here? Well, Colin, if you back up about a week prior to that, mm -hmm. we were in the Arthur Lovington Tournament, first time we've ever been in it, and our girls are pretty disappointed in themselves. Not that Arthur's not a really good team, but they lost to Arthur in a game they thought they could have won, not that they should have, but they could have. So we ended up having to play Windsor the next day, mm -hmm. who was a one-loss team at the time, and coming with a lot of press clippings from over in their area. And our girls just played awesome that mm -hmm. game. They could have been down. They weren't. They played as well, as good of a game as they've played all year. And I think that led us into Hoopla, where we just we don't blow people away we just do enough to win and i think winning that game against windsor and then beating a very good gibson city and a very good ridgeview team did wonders for confidence and our chemistry just kept getting better and better and roles role distinction is really important roles became a lot clearer talking with tim colbecker tuscola girls basketball coach uh, I know one girl we've, we've talked about, uh, Natalie Bates. Uh, she's your, your leading scorer right now, but you have a very balanced team. But really, uh, more than the points, uh, Natalie plays with with this intensity, and it's something that's come down through her family. Uh, her brother, Nick Bates, was known for it as well. I mean, what what does that element bring to your, your team? By far the spiritual leader of this team and has been for a couple years, just because of how hard she plays and how I've had very few kids ever there as uber competitive as that kid is. We were just doing a shooting drill and she was hollering at her rebounders to get her the ball back quicker because <laughs> she wanted to win the drill. That's just who she is, always has been. And the kids follow her. They know that she's going to give everything she's got and she always has, never hasn't. Uh, and they tend to follow. And with her and Bryn tabling out the front, both two very quick guards who love to play defense. I really think that's been a big part of our success. Well, uh, you guys opened the uh, Central Illinois Conference Tournament with Clinton on Saturday, one of the few teams that has actually uh, bested you guys this year. Uh, not only just playing well against Clinton, but what would it mean to play well in this in this entire event as you get geared up for the, the postseason? Well, our our end of the season schedule is rugged. I mean, it's it's really rugged as I look at who we may end up playing. It's it's 
the Sullivans, the St. Teresa's, the Clintons, the A&M's, uh, and a couple of them twice. Um, yeah, we'll be well prepared for regionals getting through this. Yeah, Clinton's tough. Um, they come down and run a different set every time they come down court, and you can't prepare a team for that. You just have to be a good defensive team to handle it. I know our girls are, are really excited about getting a chance to go back at them. So that would be a great game to win on Saturday and head us into a semifinal against more than likely, well, for sure, Sullivan. <laughs> Tim Kolbecker, Tuscola girls basketball coach. Tim, thanks again for uh, being part of the show tonight. Good luck with uh, all your action this week. Hey, you're more than welcome, and thanks for having me on. Of course. And, uh, Tim Tim made Evans' night right there. Yeah, he, <laughs> he gave Clinton a, Clinton a shout-out. One of my favorite coaches on the scene, longtime Tuscola coach. How many years has he been there, Kyle? Ooh, i got to go look Lots. that up. Yes, many. Yeah, he mentioned Clinton's sets. I don't know what Josh Williams' playbook looks like nowadays, but back when I played for him, he had over 40 sets Ooh. that he would try to put mm. in. And yeah. I imagine as he's been there almost 10 years now that that, that set of plays <laughs> has, has only grown. That's a lot of plays to instill in a, in a high school game. I mean, that's uh, – jeez, I can understand how they're getting wins over uh, Tuscola and uh, other teams like that. That's That's pretty impressive. But uh, I wanted to weigh in on a few more things before we jump into the uh, the boys' basketball scene here. Jump into our last break, actually, then we'll uh, close out with a run of boys' basketball. So the AP polls. Uh, specifically, I want to talk about that Class 2A girls' basketball poll because, as Jim mentioned, uh, he noticed that uh, I had St. Joe Ogden stay at number 3 this week. I had Sullivan jump over them. But I also had Watsika below both of them. So if you looked at the girls' Class 2A poll for uh, the uh, last week, uh, the rankings actually panned out. Watsika was ahead of both Sullivan and St. Joe Ogden. Watsika was number four. Uh, Sullivan was ranked fifth. Actually, they got a first place vote. And then St. Joseph Ogden was ranked ninth. So uh, I believe uh, the way I had it uh, written out at the time was I think I did Sullivan, St. Joe, and then Watsika. I've since uh, flip-flopped Sullivan and St. Joe. Um, I think with Watsika, very good team, coached by a very good coach and Barry Bauer. I think Watsika strength the schedule a little less than St. Jo- Joe and Sullivan right now, but there's plenty of time to change that. Uh, and that's just uh, my line of thinking, and that's uh, that's why our poll doesn't always line up with AP, because AP is a lot more people voting than than just me. I'm the only one running this this poll, although Jim, uh, I think Jim wants to run the poll sometimes here in the office the way he, he criticizes my poll-making abilities. I respect your voting patterns, Callan. <laughs> My voting patterns. That's a good So yeah, that's just one thing I wanted to I wanted to explain there with how the AP voting works in comparison to how our polls play out sometimes. You talked to Gary Tidwell, did you? I did talk to Gary Tidwell. Yeah. What do you say? Talk to Gary. What do you say? <laughs> well, you know what? I'll tell you. <laughs> Gary Tidwell, yeah, he one of the uh, one of the boys coaches. We'll jump into the boys action here before we take our last break of the night. Uh, Gary Tidwell's Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin boys basketball coach. Uh, he's one of the one of the several coaches going into the Vermilion County tournament uh, this week. And really, that boys tournament is up for grabs, in my opinion. There's a lot of uh, teams that are just beating up on each other over in Vermilion County on the boys side. It's really tough to predict who's going to win. Uh, Oakwood is the reigning champion. Certainly has a shot. Bismarck also has a shot, I think. Uh, but talking with Gary Tidwell, he uh, he discussed with me. Uh, how they've been patching together their team after some injuries, as well as any benefit the team got from opening uh, the Vermilion County Tournament on its home floor tonight. We were pretty op- optimistic um, after winning the Sparman Chopper Classic. Uh, we 
felt like we played well and had some uh, momentum uh, mm-hmm. going into the rest of the year. Drew Reifstack going down really, really hurt us. And uh, Avery McConkey uh, also went down right before the Christmas tournament. So those were the only two returning varsity players that we had from last year. So right now, we're really young. No player on our team has any, any varsity experience. So, you know, I feel pretty good with how we're playing right now. We're, we're in a survival mode. And uh, we're winning some games, and we're being competitive. So um, uh, I'm pretty happy with that. So this, this week will be a tough week for us again. The county tournament's always a lot of it's, – it's pressure-packed. It's intense. Uh, everybody is going to give you their best. And uh, I'm just not sure how how my team will handle that, to be honest with you, because they've never never been there before. So we'll just see how, how it pans out. I would like to think it does. Uh, we we played Armstrong uh, last Tuesday at their place. Uh, it was a close game, and so I would think that would be to our advantage playing at playing at our place tomorrow night. Should be so, but I'm sure you know they're they're going to rise up to the challenge as well. Uh, they probably felt like they uh, made a nice run uh, the last time we played them, so I think we're going to get their best when we when they come in here. That was Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin boys coach Gary Tidwell. Uh, and one thing I mentioned before with the kind of scheduling changes of the Vermilion County Tournament, action was supposed to start on Saturday over at David S. Palmer Arena in Danville, uh, but the weather knocked out all those games. So instead of just lengthening the tournament, uh, they've sent the boys games over to Bismarck tonight, and they're sending the girls games over to Bismarck on Tuesday while the opposite sides play at Palmer Arena, and then everybody reconvenes for regularly scheduled action from Wednesday onward. So a uh, uh, little uh, little bit of a change because of the snow, but it at least gets the tournament in on the same schedule. As Colin, the meteorologist, said, more snow on the way this <laughs> weekend. We'll see how that messes with everybody's yeah. schedule. Tell you what, we are we'll get to the much-anticipated boys' top ten after mm-hmm. this break. Now, back to High School Prep Basketball Confidential, brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. Jim Rosso, Colin Likas, Evan Kahn, Tamara McDaniel, here every Monday night through probably pretty much March. Yeah, that sounds about right, through the end of the state. See if one of these teams can get far. I like that idea. How about that? Maybe more than one. In my hands, Colin Likas. Yes, sir. I have the top ten. All right. That will be in tomorrow's paper. I have the top ten, too. We just do in that. a different format. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to show off, Colin. Apparently it didn't, didn't wow you. Sorry to, sorry to bring it down. Well, go ahead, then. My bad. I'll jump into it, though. Uh, checking in at number ten this week, we have the Leroy Panthers. Well, the Panthers are 10-4. and four. They're new to our rankings. Uh, despite a loss to Tremont by six points, uh, they came back and defeated Blue Ridge 75-30. to 30. Uh, that loss to Tremont was Leroy's only one in the last 10 games, so the Panthers have been on a roll here. They'll be at Tri-Valley on Tuesday, and then they host El Paso Gridley on Thursday, and then face Fisher on Friday to open the McLean County Heart of Illinois Conference Tournament. They face Fisher on Saturday. I'm sorry, not Friday. They face Fisher on Saturday. Coming in at number 9 this week, we have the Tuscola Warriors. The Warriors are 11 and 5, down two spots though after losing to Unity 53-43 and Shelbyville 62 to 55. Tuscola hosts Central A&M on Tuesday and then Warrensburg Latham on Friday. Coming in at number 8, we have the Centennial Chargers. 
Chargers are 8-8. Eight and eight. They're up two spots after losing to normal community 63-51, but bouncing back with a 58-54 victory over Champaign Central that we talked about at the top of the show. Uh, the Chargers suit up against Urbana on Friday, looking for some revenge for an earlier loss this season uh, before hosting normal U-High on Saturday. And speaking of Centennial, we are joined now by Chargers athlete and recent celebrity Bryson Cowper. Bryson, thanks so much for being part of the show tonight. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Well, you're. Uh, you, this is uh, one of your many media obligations at this point, I'm guessing, or something like that. Uh, you're the guy yeah. who hit the uh, hit the big shot from the opposing free throw line. Uh, what has it been like receiving uh, all this attention for that shot? Um, it's it's incredible. Um, all the attention has been great. I just try to focus uh, more on just you know trying to get my team better and just stay focused because I know falling in love with the hype it can get to you a lot. And I'm just trying to stay focused, honestly. Good, good, uh, good way to take it. But uh, just, uh, just take indulge us a little bit. Take us through what was going through your head from the time you came down with that rebound to the time you you mm-hmm. uh, you kind of stumbled forward, got back up, released the shot. Okay, so like um, I rebounded it. I mean, I looked like I was gonna knock it down. Uh, I took those two dribbles. I tripped. I I thought I didn't think I was gonna get it off, and then I kind of just let it go, and then it went in. Uh, after it went in, I honestly didn't think it was going to go in. And when it dropped, I was amazed. I was really amazed. And the crowd and all my friends that were watching, they loved it. And it just it, it got me and the team just hyped. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it going was, into it was, the... It was incredible. Yeah, and uh, going into the locker room after that, I mean, uh, you know, game game's not quite over yet. You have to come back out. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of keep your composure and uh, try and close out yeah. that game. I mean, what was it like to do that? Um, It was fun. Going back into the locker room, all the teammates were all over me, just yelling. You know, we were all just really hyped, just jumping up and down. And, you know, I had to calm everyone down. It's like, you know, God's game's not over yet. Like, it was a crazy, <laughs> amazing shot, but we, we still got business to take care of. Talking with Bryson Cowper, yeah. Centennial senior and uh, superstar right now for his three-quarter court shot against Champaign Central. Also at 30 points in that game. That shouldn't go overlooked. Uh, now, mm-hmm. now one thing I want to address, uh, you know that, that this tweet got got or this uh, this video I should say got picked up uh, by ESPN, got picked up by some other outlets. You know, some people trying to rain on your parade a little bit though. They're saying it's mm-hmm. a travel. What do, what do you say to those people? I mean, is that even something you're worried about at this point? Um, no, it's not anything I'm really worried about. Like I said, I'm just trying not. You know, no, I'm not really listening to anyone. I'm just this is a great shot. I like the shot. You know, I'll probably. Watched the video over a hundred times, <laughs> looking at um, all my friends' reactions, looking at you know the art student section, just little things like that. And I just try not to you know look at that. Just, I mean, it doesn't really bother me too much. Just I mean, it's just an amazing shot, and I'm just happy I hit it. Yeah, right. Well, uh, kind of rounding this out, uh, the fact that this is how you end your Central Centennial rivalry career, mm-hmm. uh, not only with a win, but also a moment that winds up on ESPN, something you can kind of remember forever. I mean, what does that mean forever. to you? It means so much, and just like um, one of my teachers was saying when I was at school today, they were saying, uh, you know, like when my kids, if I have kids, if you know, whatever, if they end up going uh, somewhere close to Centennial or even going to Centennial, just being able to like go back and look at film and like you know when I come back to Centennial, being able to watch that is just crazy, and it, I mean I'm I'm still like goosebumps every time I watch the video. Very cool, very cool. I love it. Bryson Cowper, Centennial Senior. Thanks again, Bryson, for joining us. And, uh, yeah, no keep, keep enjoying the moment. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Good stuff from Bryson.
Jim uh, Jim was at the game too. Right. He uh, it's a, it's funny you t- you see those players on the on both teams. Bryson was a Edison Middle School teammate of Sam Beasley. Yeah. Of a couple others on that team. Mm-hmm. So they went their separate ways in high school, <laughs> right? Yes. As uh, kids are ought to do here. Sam was in Champagne. Sam was standing right next to Bryson as he as he took that shot. They yep. they were the two who almost collided upon uh, Bryson said he tripped. So I guess that kind of yeah. ends the idea that there was any contact. He said he tripped. So. It's too bad Central and Centennial don't get to play in the regionals like they used yeah. to. Those games were you thought the atmosphere is good on Friday night. Now you play them in the playoffs, <laughs> yep. it's twice that. Yeah, Centennial bumps up to 4A for the playoffs while Champaign Central stays at 3A. So, yeah, that is one of those unfortunate uh, rivalries that kind of ends in the regular season. But, you know, that's the way it goes. You didn't ask Bryson about you had Centennial at 8 and Central at 7. And <laughs> let me look at my Saturday news. Yep, Centennial beat Central. That's true. You remember Central Central started the season beating Centennial, though, so they're 1-1 one one against each other technically mm. and, and okay. officially. So, uh, yeah, I think Central's had a few more quality wins than Centennial at this point. But as Jim said, coming in at number 7 this week, we have the Champaign Central Maroons. Uh, the Maroons are 8-7. and seven. They're down one spot after that loss to Centennial. Uh, they face Trinity Catholic out of Missouri on Tuesday to open the Chick-fil-A tournament in Belleville. Uh, then they continue that tournament on Friday and Saturday. 12-0 and 0, Trinity. There you go. If fans of Illinois football know all about Trinity, several of their players coming to play for Levy Smith. Maybe one of the ba- maybe one of the players is a multi-sport athlete. They can get a basketball Good player. to see some central uh, scheduling notes today. They're playing St. Thomas More on January 30th. Yeah. That was a game that was lost because mm-hmm. of the uh, cancellation of the, of the first weekend tournament right triple header at combs gym you need to see good, good to see, see that back yep yeah those teams don't don't match up all the time because their size and different conferences so yeah very cool coming in at number five this week uh we got the Mo- actually i'm sorry i jumped ahead of spot coming in at number six this week we have the watsika warriors uh watsika is 12 and 3 new to the rankings this week after defeating hersher 48 to 38 and iroquois west 66 to 38 uh, Watsika, like Leroy, has won nine of its last ten games. Uh, Watsika, with a rare Monday night game for a boys team facing Beecher right now. Uh, they also play against Mo Mens on Friday. And I was able to catch up with Watsika coach Chad Kluver last night. Uh, he talked with me about the value of the team starting 3-2, and two, not nearly as hot as it is now, and also how important leading scorers Blake Castangue and Ben Liznicki have been to this team. Well, I mean, I think it was really good for, for our guys, for our mental toughness. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we were doing some things basketball-wise that probably needed a lot of improvement. But it was also early in the season. So I, I was pleased with our mental toughness where the guys never get too worked up if we're down. I mean, I know in the tri-point game, or maybe, yeah, in the tri-point game, we, were, we went to overtime and they hit like the first two shots and we're down five in overtime. And instead of losing our composure we stayed even and end up coming back and winning that game so i think that that that's done a good job knowing that no matter what if we we can come back and we can always you know finish it at the end and just just stay level and play together so i think that that's a really good thing for us i think those two guys have especially played well off of each other you know saying like for example we played mount pulaski at the saint joe shootout and then had 31 points well, Blake did everything he could to get him the ball, and I think Blake ended up having nine assists that game. You know, he didn't worry about getting points himself when he knew Ben was hot. And the same thing happened at the, our last game against Yorkshire West. Benny had 11 points and was shooting okay, but he knew Blake was hot, 
So we just kept moving the ball around and kept getting him looks and giving him opportunities to score. So they've done a good job of playing off each other when one is hot, one's not. Sometimes it starts in the game, one's hot, and then the other one, you know, if somebody tries to do too much to take take away one of them, the other one gets a little more opportunity. That was Watsika coach Chad Kluver. Good to catch up with him. The Warriors, uh, another bunch that's got two teams in our rankings here. Basketball's good in Watsika. I saw Brad Underwood stretching, so that means this show's right around the corner. You saw, you saw it, Brad Underwood loose. stretching. He's getting loose for the show at Did it, Buffalo Wild Wings. Was, he, was so he, he tweeting it out? So you better get going. <laughs> okay, I could do that. I mean, uh, our top five teams, uh, spoiler alert, none of them have moved at all from last week. Our top five, even though the bottom five moved around a lot, the top five have stayed in place this week because they were all uh, successful. They, there were no losses among them. Coming in at number five this week, we got the Monticello Sages. Now, the Sages are 13-3. They defeated Clinton 52-51 and Paxton Buckley-Loda 49-47. So two tight wins for the Sages out of that former one against Clinton. Benton Singleton with an and-one conversion. Pretty much his time expired to pull off the win there. Uh, Monticello faces La Salette on Tuesday, uh, then faces Prairie Central on Friday, and Meridian on Saturday. Coming in at number four, we have the Judah Christian Tribe. Uh, the Tribe are 17-2. They defeated Bloomington Cornerstone 64-61, uh, Uni High 68-32, and Arcola 62-30. They were supposed to play Villagrove Heritage on Saturday. That would have been a good game, but that game got snowed out. Uh, Judah Christian faces Arthur Okaw Christian on Tuesday and Decatur Christian on Friday, all in uh, East Central Illinois Conference play. Our number three team this week is the Cisna Park Timberwolves. Timberwolves are 16-1, defeated South Newton, Indiana 64-30, and Clifton Central 49-20. Huge game coming up tomorrow against Gibson City, Melvin Sibley in Cisna Park. Uh, then the Timberwolves face Dwight on Friday and Kankakee Bishop McNamara on Saturday. And speaking of the Falcons, at number two we have Gibson City, Melvin Sibley. Falcons are 15-2. They defeated El Paso Gridley 58-50 and Hayworth 74-49. Uh, the Falcons have won 14 in a row, but that'll be put to a serious test with Cisna Park tomorrow. Uh, then the Falcons face Deer Creek Mackinac on Friday. Enjoyed your story about Mitch McNutt in Sunday's paper. Thank you. Continue. I did, I did too. <laughs> Checking in at our number one spot again this week, we have the Danville Vikings. Uh, spoiler alert, I'll have a story about a Danville Vikings player uh, this Sunday. Vikings are 16-2, and defeated Urbana and Peoria Notre Dame. They host Peoria Richwoods on Friday and then go to the Galesburg Shootout on Saturday. And that rounds out our boys' top ten at, at the Horn. Good stuff, Colin. I'll see you next week. Sounds good, Jim. That's it for this week's edition of the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential. We will be back next week. There will be no Coach Underwood show from Buffalo Wild Wings, but we will be here with the Prep Basketball Confidential here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. This week, though, we do have the Coach Underwood Show. Brian Barnhart and Brad all set up down at Buffalo Wild Wings in Savoy. We'll talk to you again next week.